Well, today I'm going to focus mostly here on this uh, day for the legal protection of the unborn. I'm going to focus mostly on our the opening prayer, actually, in our liturgy. Okay, so that's something that you can do as a preacher, is you can actually preach on the parts of the liturgy, and the different prayers that you find in it. So it's very important to note that the, the bishops of the United States have asked us for this to be a day of prayer for the legal protection of the unborn, legal protection. Um, and that is in response to Roe v. Wade in, back in 1973. Now, before Roe v. Wade, different states, like New York State, had legalized abortion. But when it's done at the constitutional level, at the federal level, obviously it has huge effects for the whole, whole nation. And uh, it's no coincidence, really, that the rate of abortions really skyrocketed um, after the, uh, the passing of Roe v. Wade. So this is really a prayer that the laws would be changed. Okay, I think it's really important to get that, that we do have to fight. The political battle is not the total battle. It's a part of the battle, but it's an important part of the battle. Um, there is, I think there's some well-intentioned people who, who lean more to the progressive side politically or well-intentioned Catholics even who argue, well, you know, I think abortion is wrong, but I don't think we should fight it in, uh, in the, at the political front. I think that's just got to be left up to individual conscience. And, uh, and that's, uh, so I think the people who make that argument oftentimes are well-intentioned, but it's, it's a little misplaced. Sometimes they'll say things like, well, if you, if you, if you outlawed abortion, then it would, it would actually, it wouldn't decrease the number of abortions and it would make it uh, so that it was unsafe, so that you'd have these quack doctors running around performing backstreet, back alley abortions or whatever. And that, that's the kind of the argument. It's a little bit of an outmoded argument because I think if you, um, you know, if you outlawed abortion and abortions were taking place illegally, they would be done through chemical means and things like that. I mean, we have the technology today is not, it, it wouldn't put uh, women's health uh, at risk. Um, I think the other misconception is that uh, what what is the function and the purpose of law, you know, in a given um, uh, people group? Law does two things. It reflects the beliefs of the people that the law exists amongst amongst whom the law exists. So if we were actually to, able to overturn Roe v. Wade, that would be a really awesome sign that there is a change of heart of the American people. Also, too, not only does it reflect the, the thinking of the people, but it does influence the thinking of the people. So law does have kind of a pedagogical or educational effect. Um, when kids grow up, they readily normally believe that what's illegal is wrong and what's legal is right. You know, um, It's kind of common sense. And so it does have an educational effect. So it would it would uh, have a very positive effect. It would cut down. It wouldn't eliminate abortions, of course, but if we were to overturn Roe v. Wade, the number of abortions would definitely um, drop significantly, significantly. And so that would be all that more human beings whose lives are, are spared. If you think about it, since Roe v. Wade, the number of abortions that has taken place is something like one in six human beings, one in seven human beings maybe, just conservatively estimated in the United States of America. So how many people we got in here today? We've got, we've got that's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. 14. So imagine if two, two of us, their lives were just totally, were taken just arbitrarily. We had no opportunity to live on this earth and to have a happy life and to uh, realize our potentialities as human beings. Just two of them. Just totally dehumanized, like randomly I'm going to choose two of you and just snuff you out. 
you know, it's a pretty serious, pretty serious thing. So this is why uh, this issue of abortion is is really serious. Maybe a little bit more on a positive side of things here. Let's look at this prayer in our collect. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. God, our Creator, we give you, th- we give thanks to you, who alone have the power to impart the breath of life, as you form each of us in our mother's womb. It's a beautiful thing. When a human life is conceived in the womb, it's different from, like, say, you know, your dog. If, uh, if, um, you know, Susie the dog uh, conceives of Spot, the little puppy, you know, basically uh, Spot's life is imparted to him 100% from, from Susie. That's not the case with human beings. Human beings, human parents, cooperate with God the Creator God, because the human soul is an immaterial reality and it can't be produced from our bodies. And so every time a human child is conceived, God from nothing creates a human soul and imparts it into the, into the conceptus. It's an amazing thing. It's an absolutely amazing thing. That's why the womb and, and sexual intercourse and conception in general is kind of like sacred ground. Okay, this, is a, this is a place that really belongs to God in a special way. Everything belongs to God, but this more so than anything else because of that special act of creation. It really belongs to God. So for us to get in there and monkey with that special ground, you know, we're really treading on, on sacred ground. It's very presumptuous. Um, and, uh, and especially to go so far as to actually just act like we are God and we can just take the life of this newborn, this newly conceived human life. It's very, very presumptuous. So uh, you who alone have the power to impart the breath of life as you form each of us in our mother's womb, grant we pray that we whom you have made stewards of creation, think about that, that's very interesting, you have made stewards of creation, may remain faithful to the sacred trust and constant in safeguarding the dignity of every human life. So we've been made stewards of creation. Stewards, not absolute lords and masters, but we're managers under God's, supreme government we govern on his behalf and so we're, we're answerable to him for what we do with our bodies and what we do with creation in general so to kind of end things on a positive note what i find is a very very hopeful um reality is that right now you have a lot of people who are very favorable towards abortion um they are also very um they're very much as they should be interested in in defending God's creation okay so you you oftentimes find and it's a strange combination strange bedfellows the environmentalism and then pro-choice together how is that it's very strange okay the Catholic position is pro-environment and pro-life the unborn it's the only really consistent position and my hope and I think this is a real possibility is that 30 years from now, 40 years from now, people will really kind of wake up and they'll see the inconsistency between those two positions and they'll say, wow, you know, if, because I mean, if we were to ask the environmentalists, do you think that you're absolute lord and master of the mountains and the trees and the rivers and you just do with them whatever you want and there's not going to be any negative consequences? They're going to be like, no, you're crazy. That's exactly my position is that we're not absolute lord and masters of creation. We got we to gotta take good care of it and not abuse it. And uh, through just pursuing uh, money or whatever it might be or profit, we uh, run roughshod over God's creation. That's irresponsible. We shouldn't be doing that. Okay. So what do you think? Can you apply that same kind of mentality <clears throat> to the creation that's in your womb now? Can you do that? Can you extend the same favor that you're extending to the animals and the birds 
to the human life that's in the womb. And I think that there's a real possibility people can wake up to that and say, you know, that that really is the right way of looking at things. Um, and then they'll be able to look back and they'll say, you know, the Catholic position was the only really cons- consistent position all along. And uh, what were we thinking back then? That was really stupid of us. You know, we've made gains in the rights in the area of civil rights. There's, there's, it's not impossible that we can't make gains in this area too. We think it's common sense now that you shouldn't discriminate against someone just on the basis of their of their skin. I think there can come a day where we can really say in common sense, why would you discriminate uh, against someone on the basis of whether or not they're inside a mother's womb or outside a mother's womb? Okay? I really think that that's a, that's a real possibility. So sometimes it might feel in the pro-life movement that we're kind of like fighting against this juggernaut that's never going to change, but I don't, I don't think so. I've got real hope. Uh, that we can um, see see very uh, true and authentic progress in this area in the future. So let's pray for that today. I myself am also going to be doing some extra penance and, and fasting as well. Encourage you to do that. That's up to you, of course. But uh, very uh, at the very minimum, let's let's pray for the legal defense uh, and protection of the unborn.